tragic thing that was. You know, many of us, we walk into a building and we don't really give any thought to our safety when we walk into a building. We assume that things are done properly and inspections are done and we're relatively secure. And then we hear stories like that one. Uh, we hear stories about giant sinkholes or earthquakes or tsunamis and we begin to doubt our safety and our security. And um, all throughout history, uh, countries and cities have taken steps to try to secure themselves against the enemies and oncoming armies. But then there's a threat that's very difficult to prepare for, and that is weather and storms. And then added to this, there's the downfall of so much of what we depend upon uh, in life, that is the stability of society itself. We've seen that even in our own nation shaken in recent times. We or weathering a pandemic. We, we're going to have two weeks, remember, to flatten the curve. And here we are, what, a year and a half later, and we're still dealing with the fallout from that. And then in the midst of that, there's been social unrest. 
The economy is uncertain at best. Prices are all over the place. And the question arises, what do we do? How do we cope with all of this uncertainty? How do we cope with all of this uh, feeling of maybe insecurity at times? How do we deal with the fact that it seems we're defenseless and we're helpless in so many ways? Well, that brings us to the Scripture today and to a passage that I want to look at with you. At camp this year, our older students, they walked through a wonderful psalm. Uh, Psalm 46. I'd ask you if you would to take your Bible and turn there. Psalm 46. And and I want to share some of it uh, with our entire church family. As we walk through it uh, there during Fuge um, at Ridgecrest, it was a blessing. And as I considered uh, what to to preach about, and we'll get back to John the Baptist at at a future time, Uh, Psalm 46, I just wanted to to share with our church family uh, some of this because I think that Psalm 46 is a needed word. And it's certainly a welcome word for these trying days. And as you read through Psalm 46, I want you to notice the focus that is placed upon God. The focus that is placed upon God. By the way, boys and girls, I think they're waiting for you. If you're going down to Children's Church, um, you can slip down at this time. Psalm 46, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and are troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Now, we're not going to walk through the entire psalm today. Instead, I want to just turn your attention to two main truths that we learn from Psalm 46. To do so, let's reread three verses. Look at verse 1, verse 7, and verse 11. Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Verse 7 says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. And verse 11 says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. As I studied Psalm 46, as I thought about it, as I meditated upon it, as we thought about it during our time there and since, it became apparent that some truths here are not repeated once, And not just twice, but three times. The three verses that we just read together again all emphasize the fact that God is our refuge and God is with us. Verses 7 and 11 state it very bluntly. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. 
And then verse 1, it talks about God being our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. But it also mentions His presence. Because He says it's a very present help in the time of trouble. These two truths are remarkable. God is our refuge and God is with us. And yet, I think we take them for granted. We know them, but we really don't know them. We're aware of them, but we really haven't grasped them. Not like we should. If we really knew these things, if we really knew these two truths, if they were everyday present realities in our life, it would dramatically change our lives. If we really knew that God is our refuge and God is with us. And so, for just a few minutes, I want to talk to you about those two truths. The fact that God is our refuge and God is with us. God is our refuge. Now, what is a refuge? What is a refuge? Wearsby noted the word translated refuge in verse 1. It literally means a shelter or a rock of refuge. Now, in verses 7 and 11, the word translated there, it means a stronghold, a high tower, a fortress. So we could say that a refuge is a safe place. It's a safe shelter in times of danger. You run to it. Why do we need shelter? We need shelter when we're in trouble. And it says that God is our refuge. And where it says there that He's our help in trouble, that word trouble there literally means need or distress or anxiety. Someone said it means to be in a tight place, to be in a corner and unable to get out. And some of you might be there today. You're in trouble. Your life is filled with anxiety. You're nervous. You, you, you just you feel like you're in a corner. You feel like you're in a tight place. Things are closing in on you. You can't seem to get to the left or the right. You can't seem to get out. You're in trouble. You're in distress. You're experiencing anxiety. Nervousness. You're struggling in your life. Listen, I want to tell you today that there is a refuge. There is a safe place. It is a person. It is God Himself. When, when, when we're in those times in our life, and maybe you're there, we're, we're so apt to fear, aren't we? When there's this uncertainty, anxiety, and all these things pressing in. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. We all have trouble. We all experience these things. It, it might be a bully on the playground. And you, and you dread every day going to school because you know they're going to be there. It might be a bad medical diagnosis. You're awaiting a test and, and you're thinking the worst. Or maybe you received bad news. It might be some mental health issues. It, it might be a job loss. It might be an unexpected bill that you've gotten and you know you don't have the money to pay it. It might be a situation you can't figure out. It might just be plain you're down in the dumps and you're depressed. It might be you don't even know what's going on in your life. But you know there's trouble in your life. There's trouble. And at times like these, we don't have to fear. Why? Because, as the Scripture says plainly here, we have a refuge in the Lord. But maybe you're hearing that and you say, yeah, but preacher, you don't know my situation. You don't know exactly just how bad things are. I mean, I'm having family issues I'm having personal issues. I'm dealing with some things I I just don't know how to turn or where to turn. It's just so bad. Well, look back at verses 2 and 3. He says, Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. That's pretty bad. Though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. That's pretty bad. Though its waters roar in trouble, though the mountains shake with its swelling, even when things are bad, I mean really bad, I mean it can't get much worse. 
We don't have to fear. Because there is a refuge. He says here that God is our refuge and our strength. He is a safe place. Why? Because He's a safe person. Now I've got to caution you. The message that I'm preaching right now is for believers. If you do not know the Lord Jesus, if you don't know God, you are not in a safe place in your life at all. In fact, the Bible is very clear that those who reject Jesus and reject the Gospel, they're going to experience God's wrath. Because God is a God of justice. God is a consuming fire according to the Scriptures. And those who reject Jesus, those who don't know Him, if you die without Jesus, you will experience the wrath of God. But you don't have to. Why? Because God loves you. That's why He sent Jesus to die in your place. The Bible says all of us have sinned, all of us have messed up, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that does good, no, not one. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible is very plain and clear. If you'll turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus, He will save you. He will make you His child. If you've never done that, I want to encourage you today to give your life to Christ. And if you have, then this Scripture is for you. If you know Jesus, God is a safe place. He's a safe person. Not everyone is, you know. (laughs) And even those who are, they're not always available to help you. You know, if you're a parent, you can protect your child and try to shield your child as much as possible and, and maybe keep them in your presence as much as possible. But there comes a time in life where you have to leave them behind at school and watch them grow and you begin to see more and more the distance, not because you don't love them, but because they're growing and maturing and you're not there. There are times where they're going to face things and you can't physically be there as much as you want to be. But here's the wonderful thing about it. It's the fact, beloved, that God is with us. And there's nowhere that we can be where He isn't. He's everywhere. He's always with us at all times, in every circumstance. He's always near. He's always present. Nothing hinders Him. In the middle of the night, when you're tossing and turning with worry, you cannot sleep. You're stressed out by life. Maybe you're crying your eyes out and the tears are hitting your pillow. He is there. When nobody else is around, nobody else knows. Or maybe they're around and they know, but they just they can't do much to help you other than just encourage you and pray. But there's some things you just say, nobody can help me. God can help you. And He's there. He's very present. I love what it says. He's a very present help in trouble. It says that the God of Jacob is with us. Now, I find that very interesting. The God of Jacob is with us. Now, you remember that God chooses His own titles. He's God. And in the Bible, he calls himself the God of Jacob at times. I find that very interesting. If you know Jacob's story, you know, we studied it, I guess it was years ago here. You remember that Jacob was a mess. He was not always Israel, the prince with God. He was Jacob the deceiver. He was Jacob the deceptive one. He was Jacob the one who would 
Well, you wouldn't trust him. You wouldn't want to buy a used car from Jacob in his early life, you know? And yet God says that He's the God of Jacob. And we watch and you get follow Jacob's life. God works in his life and matures him and brings him to where he becomes Israel, the prince with God. But he's the God of Jacob. And it says here, the God of Jacob is with us. And can I just remind you, he's with us too. Because we make a mess of things. We make a mess of things. We get afraid. We get in trouble. We get anxious. God is with us. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He's always with us. Now, we can say amen to all of this and leave and remain unchanged. Or, we can really accept what we're learning here from this psalm by faith. We can process it, allow the Lord to work it into our lives and and, and live it out in our lives. And I think that's really where we want to be. We want to be living with that reality and that assurance that, that God is our refuge no matter what happens, even if the earth is removed and cast into the midst of the sea, that God is our refuge, He's our safe place, He's our shelter, He's with us, He will help us, He will, he will always do that. But the question is, how do we get to that point? Well, I think we get there when we drop down to verse 10 of the passage. Verse 10 of Psalm 46 says this, Be still, Let me just say that again. It says, be still. We live in 2021. By the way, do you believe that? We live in 2021. We might have passed the Jetsons cartoon by now. We're living here. We're not flying around in cars yet, but we're here. And one of the hardest things to do in 2021 at times is to be still. In fact, we are so accustomed to noise and activity, if I were just to stop talking and I said nothing for 30 seconds, some would get nervous in this place. Because we're used to noise. And we're used to activity. And we're used to moving. And we're used to being occupied. We don't even sit still now. We have a phone in our hands. We have a device in our hands. We're always engaging with content. We're always doing something. He says, be still. But not just be still. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted here. Now, here's what's interesting. Wearsby said that that word, be still, it, it, it literally means to take your hands off and relax. That's interesting. This is talking about the earth being removed and mountains shaking and quaking and, and all this trouble and anxiety. And then he comes along and says, be still. It means take your hands off and relax. Relax. What do you mean relax? The whole place is burning down. Relax. Be still and know that I am God. He says God knows what He's doing. His timing is perfect. And when it's all over, He will be exalted and we will be blessed. What a good word for us today. And, and then Wearsby gave some counsel I want to share with you today. Some wise counsel. Now listen, what I'm about to tell you is not easy. Not necessarily easy, but it's wise. But he gives three admonitions. 
He says when we're nervous and fidgety, wanting to interfere with God's plan for our lives. We like to do that, don't we? We like to tell the Lord how to orchestrate our lives and what we need and how to do it. And we, we, Lord, you know, if we just bless this, I think do this, do that, and the other. And we get nervous. He's not doing it. What's happening? Everything's going wrong. He says, listen, when you get nervous and fidgety, you want to interfere with God's plans, remember these three admonitions. Are you ready for them? I don't think you are. I'm not. Be still, stand still, and sit still. Ooh, that's a hard word. Let's walk through those three real quick. First of all, be still. That's right here. We've been setting it. Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Remember, it means to sit back, take your hands off, relax. He's God. You're not. But then stand still. Exodus 14.13. Let me just give you a little background. Exodus 14, remember that God has delivered the children of Israel from Egypt in bondage. And they've, they've been delivered. He's, he's, he's defeated Pharaoh. And now they're standing and they're at the Red Sea and here comes the Egyptian army. And they're between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army. And in Exodus 14, 13, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Are you kidding? Moses, the Red Sea is there the Egyptian army's there, and you're saying, don't be afraid. Now listen to what he says. Stand still. This is Exodus 14, 13. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. There's some spots in life, beloved, that all you can do is stand still and let the Lord do His work. And then the third one is sit still. <laughs> Ruth, chapter 3, verse 18. You remember the story of Ruth, her mother-in-law, Naomi? Ruth goes to her kinsman, Boaz, request of her that he would take her as his wife and perform the duties of the kinsman, redeem her. And so she goes there in Ruth, chapter 3, and she entreats him, but he says there's actually a relative that's closer related than you. And, and if, if he won't, I will. And she comes home and tells her mother-in-law. And in Ruth 3.18, Naomi says, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Just sit still and wait. It's out of your hands. And the reality is, beloved, <clears throat> There are a lot of things that come in our lives that are out of our hands. And in those times, we have to be still, we have to stand still, and we have to sit still. We have to acknowledge to God that this is out of my hands. It's in your hands now. Now, that's good preaching and hard living. Because we want to do the opposite. We want to take things in our own hands. <laughs> i tell you what. I need, to, I need to call Boaz to see if you made it over there yet. No, just sit still. We need to get an army up. The Egyptians are coming. No, just stand still. We've got to run and flee and find another shelter because the, the earth is shaking. No, just be still. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will help you. 
The Lord will provide for you. Just, just don't be afraid. Just take your hands off. Just relax. <laughs> now listen, I, I'm not making that up. You've seen it in God's Word. You've seen it in God's Word. Is that easy? No. Not for me. Man, I want to... But one of the ways that God matures us and grows us in our faith, makes us depend upon Him more, is to remind us that we cannot, we do not, we don't know, we don't, uh, we don't understand. We can't change. He's maturing us. He's changing us. He's working in our lives. He's showing us His glory. And we need His help to do those things. I want you to do this. I want you to bow in prayer with me. We're done, but I want to give you an opportunity to pray today. Your head is bowed. Your eyes are closed. What about you? Where are you at today in these regards? Maybe, maybe you're here today and you're in trouble. You're anxious. You're worried. You're fretful. You've got a situation. You've got problems. You've got troubles. You don't know what to do. You don't know how it's going to turn out. You can't change it. You can't make anything different about it. Can I just encourage you today to obey the Scripture? Go to the Lord and tell Him, Father, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what you're doing. I don't like this. But I trust you today. By faith, Lord, help me to be still. To stand still. And to sit still. Help me by faith to relax in this matter, to give it to you, and wait. And Lord, I know that you are perfect. I know you never make a mistake. You never do wrong. You're never late. You're always on time. Your timing is perfect. And so even though I am struggling in a great way in this, by faith today, I give this matter or these matters to you. And I pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray the same for myself today. Thank you that you are God. You are not wringing your hands in despair. As Corey Timboom said, in heaven there are no problems, only plans. And you're working out your plan in our life this very moment. So I pray for my brothers and sisters, especially today, that you would help us by faith to be still, to stand still, and to sit still and wait for you. And we ask this 
In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just say as we close, we want to do one verse of our closing hymn. I'll be up here afterwards if you need a prayer about something, you want to talk to me. I've been, we've been, out of, been gone for a while. Obviously, as a church family, I'd love to minister or help you in some way. I know some of you have to get over to your meeting next door and pick up kids and all, but I don't want you to leave today without making sure that you've given whatever it is that you're dealing with to the Lord. And so I'll be up here up to the close of the service. Just one verse for time's sake today. I love this, this, this hymn. Probably my favorite hymn. Be still my soul. We'll just sing the first. It says, Be still my soul, the Lord is on my side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave, I love this part, Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend. Through thorny ways, maybe that's the way you feel right now, I'm in thorny ways, leads to a joyful end. Here's the plan. We sing one verse and we're done. You're free to go. Let's stand together sing first verse, 514.